Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 220 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. I am here with you as always, but I am recording from Kansas City, Kansas. What the? What? What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I am um, visiting my sister who just had her second baby, and I say that because there's an off chance we might hear little tiny baby or slightly less tiny toddler cries in the background, but all is well. I would actually... I would love to hear a, a tiny baby cry. I mean, and please tell me, are you right next to Kansas City, Missouri? Yes. Like, are they like sister cities? Okay, I was never sure about that. I know, and I I learned quite a bit from my Lyft driver on the way from the airport, and since have learned more. But yes, they are two separate cities on either side of the state line. But Kansas City, Missouri, is the big one. That's the one you think of when you think of Kansas City. That's the one they sing about in yes. Oklahoma. We could bust it out. Both Remember of that us. song? Oh yeah, I know it. We're <laughs> I can do it with the accent. I got to Kansas City on a Friday. Okay. Um, and but yeah, Kansas City, Kansas is its own, you know, municipality, but it's not the the big city that the other one is. And and then there's suburbs that sort of surround the whole twin cities, so to speak. Got it. So they are on the Kansas okay. side, but it's not uncommon to, you know, live on the Kansas side, work on the Missouri side, go back and forth all day. So yes, information for all of you out there wondering. Interesting. <laughs> Thank you. And the babies are cute here and it's real hot. That's all. That's all I'll say. <laughs> the babies are adorable. I will say that. I've seen, I've seen some pictures. So. Um, so what are we talking about today? We are talking about um, some home and life management and almost like adulting things that are working well for us right now. And the reason I wanted to do this is I, I find myself thinking sometimes like, oh, this is really working well right now in my home. And we're talking about things, everything from like budgeting to grocery shopping to laundry, all kinds of systems. And then inevitably what happens is something changes and the whole thing gets thrown off, right? Yeah. And that's, it's funny because one of the things that I listed as a thing that's not working anymore was a thing that was working super well two months ago. So they kind of go in and out. The other thing I noticed about mine is that almost none of them were things where I created a system purposely. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I backed into the system and then realized it was working. And I was like, oh, I'll keep doing this for as long as I can make it work. And a lot of it is dependent on circumstance, right? Kids ages or time of year. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's often the way it happens. Although I'm probably more likely of the two of us to be the one that's like, I need a system and come up with something. But even for me, even for me, it's it's accidental a lot of the time. And I think the message here is really that, you know, there's never going to be a time in your home management life where everything is working like a well-oiled machine because we, we go in and out of these seasons where we need a new a new system. So we're going to each talk about a few that are working well. And then we also have a couple that we need help with. And maybe towards the end, you guys can help us out with uh, some areas where we're a little bit more of a mess. So yeah. let's take a quick break and we will get into it. So Sarah, we talk a lot on this show about how to strike that balance between being positive about parenting, but also being real and sharing when things are hard. And the truth is we all deal with challenges as moms, but for some of us, those challenges are really extraordinary. I know we've got moms listening right now who have dealt with everything from illness to miscarriage and loss, long NICU stays with a premature baby. And we just so rarely hear the real stories behind those challenges. 
And we also know how hearing someone else talk about hard things they've faced can make all of us feel less alone. So we're really excited to partner with Unspoken Stories, which is a new podcast from the March of Dimes. It's hosted by mom, actress, and advocate Tatiana Ali, and it features real stories from really courageous parents who open up and share about the joy of parenting mixed with the pain and fear and struggle of sometimes facing those unexpected issues. There's so much resilience and strength in these stories, so I can see how it would be so affirming if you've ever faced something traumatic, but even if you haven't, there's something really inspiring in hearing the perspective of parents who've dealt with really hard things and then come through the other side. It's really uplifting. I totally agree. So you can listen to Unspoken Stories for free wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting unspokenstories.org. Again, to listen and subscribe for free to Unspoken Stories, go to unspokenstories.org. Go check it out. Megan, I'm going to come out and say it. One of the biggest sources of frustration I've had in parenting little kids is battles of will over clothing. Oh my gosh. I have two kids who are really sensitive to the way fabrics feel and keeping them comfortable while appropriately clothed seems like it requires like some kind of an advanced degree in both textiles, but also maybe like conflict resolution. Oh my gosh. And can I just say that while we've been recording this episode, I have an itchy tag on my side (laughs) and I'm like, why are there seven tags in my shirt? And why is one of them in the most sensitive skin? skin on my entire body. So I feel for these kids. I mean, maybe we could solve world peace by removing tags. <laughs> um, so anyway, when our sponsor Lucky and Me approached us with an offer to let us try their kids underwear and clothing before we even talked about sponsorship, I was like, sure, I'm up for that. So you, me and Kelsey from our team all test drove items from Lucky and Me. They've got undies, leggings, bike shorts, and we were all impressed. Yeah, Clara got the leggings and not only were they super cute, but they're she just fell in love with how comfortable and soft they are. And she's very particular. So here is why that Lucky Me clothing is so comfy for sensitive kids. It's made from fabrics that won't itch or irritate the skin always tagless, tag-free, no tags, and they have several 100% organic options as well. These styles are designed for all-day play with really comfy waistbands and those super soft and breathable fabrics that retain their fit and stretch and color even after washing them and drying them many times. I love the look of their basics, the undies, the leggings, the little bike shorts. Yeah, they're adorable. Yeah, and I'm loving these little camisoles for layering for girls as well. So Lucky and Me is going to give our listeners a big-time discount so you can try out their clothes for your kids. Prices are already really reasonable, and they're going to give you you guys 25% off your order wow. when you use promo code MOMHOUR25 at luckyandme.com. Again, just head to luckyandme.com and use promo code MOMHOUR25 to save 25% off comfy basics for your kids. Okay, so I'll go first. Okay. This first system slash whatever you would call it that's working has been something I've really struggled with over the years. Like I've had to do the library walk of shame many times where I walk in and I know I have an immense fee that I have to pay off. And, you know, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah. You ever had that happen to you? Well, yes, I have. But I want to ask, how does your library, like, cap it at a certain amount? Because every library is different. It caps it, but I feel like the <laughs> amount it caps it is ridiculous. Like, it's basically replacement rate. Wow. Like, if you get that long, they'll just issue the replacement fee. And then if you have the book and bring it back, then they yeah. um, get rid of that. But you still owe the late fee. I'm not 100% sure how it works. I don't like to look into the fine print. It is one of those <laughs> things that, like, I will become very avoidant about because if I don't return something after a certain amount of time, it's just because I can't find it. Yeah. And so it's not like, you know, so it's not like I'm 
just not ever getting the library is like half a mile for me. It's not that hard to go by. So sometimes it's just late, 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 late. And then suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, and now I can't find two of these books. Yeah. That used to happen a lot when my kids were little and they um, used to take out cartoon books like Calvin and Hobbes mm-hmm. and um, The Far Side. And for some reason, those books got lost so easily. I think because they're soft cover and they would blend in with the rest of our books because mm-hmm. we already had a lot of those kind of books and they would just end up like in a shelf and then I'd run, I'd find them like a year later. Yeah. So I've done that a lot. So anyway. I have been a mess about the library, Um, but finally we seem to be in a routine that's working. So here's why I think it's working. We're going once every two weeks. I am not like being overly, I don't know, to me going once a week and then getting like as many books as we got felt overly ambitious. Like Mm -hmm. I was never going to get through even half of the books in a week that I got and that I'd feel all this pressure or like even guilt about not being able to get through the books. And then if anything happened to kind of derail me from our plan, then I would feel like the whole thing was, you know, blown up. So right now we go every other Monday. Um, We go on a set schedule. So I have a cleaning person coming Mondays every other Monday at one o'clock. So that's when, and Clara and I have to, well, we don't have to, but I prefer to not be in the house when the cleaner is there. So um, I grab Clara and we go. We don't take out too many books. I'm encouraging Clara to take out three or four at the most. That means... She probably will only get through two mm-hmm. in two weeks, but then that gives her some flexibility if she doesn't like yeah. any of the other books. Um, I just, I took a lot this week because I'm going on a trip next week and I wanted some reading material, but typically I'm taking like three. And my, I'm one of those people who will take out every book I see that I like, I take, and mm-hmm. then I get home and have this enormous stack of books and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with all right. these Um, we pair it with something else that's fun. Like we get ice cream afterward or cocoa or something like that. And it's right down the street Mm -hmm. and we have this cute little downtown and it's fun to take advantage of it. And sometimes in the summer we don't because there's tourists everywhere on the weekends and we just don't think about it, but we do that. So that's made it this fun little thing that Clara really is motivated to do. And you know, another thing I just can't overlook is that Clara got older. She's 10 now and she keeps track of her own books and She's motivated to go. And, and we really made it a mom and Clara thing. Um, the boys can go if they're available, but their teenagers are not always available. But I feel like for her, the age that she is, she really wants to be doing this. She's really into reading. It's not like I'm dragging along a six-year-old um, or a four-year-old or a toddler, you know, who maybe doesn't care that much or doesn't even really understand the concept. Well, as you're talking, what I was thinking is the the library is like an escape when you have really little kids. It's like the yeah. thing that you do when you don't have anything else to do or it's too hot or too cold. And so the bringing home of books is like, it's like what happens as a result of that escape. Right. But it's it is not, beside the point. And, and, you know, it makes the kids happy. It feels exciting. And then it all falls apart when you get home because, yeah, life is not is often not set up to manage library checkouts well when you have really little kids. So you're right. You just have grown into now. This is a very functional, transactional, purposeful activity, um, which is so different. It is so different. And I li- I spent a lot of time in libraries when my kids were little and it was fun in its own way. Sure. Right. Like, but now I get to go wander the stacks as slowly as I like to. I know she's going to spend time in her section doing her thing. She's going to take her time picking out her books. Um, she knows how to use the card catalog. Like all of those things have just changed it. And now getting out of the books is kind of like a necessary part where like you were saying before, it was kind of just like a result of it yeah. and not particularly fun. No. When she was little, Clara was the kind of kid that I would walk around and pick up a book and go this one. And she's like, no, nope. this one. No, nope. like she didn't, she didn't really want any of them. And she was very picky 
And so it's gotten a lot more fun. I'm laughing because uh, some of my kids wanted to check out books we already owned from the library. And I see that <laughs> in our school library as well. And it just cracks me up. It's like familiarity, so, right? Kids have their favorite right. books. So then they want to check out ones they already have. Um, I'm just going to add a follow-up tip for managing library checkouts. If you do have little kids, we have a basket that's totally separate from our other bookshelves that only is for only library books and magazines. And it's a very small little book basket. And so as I find library books around the house, they just go there. So they never make it to the other shelves. And that has helped us over the years. That is smart. Okay. Well, my first um, home life adulting thing that is working is donating our used clothing and items on a regular basis. And so here's why. This is something I've struggled with in the past. And I think one of the biggest struggles is I tried to be too custom with what I gave to whom. Like, okay, these hand-me-downs, I really want to go to the neighbor down the street. And, oh, I really feel like I should find a a meaningful place to give these maternity clothes, like a women's shelter. And I just... Overthought it. Overthought it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, a couple things. Here's why it's working. One is that I have a reliable source, and this is available in multiple cities, so you should check it out. It's Vietnam Veterans for America, but the website is pickupplease.org. So, it's easy to remember, like, please pick up my stuff. And you can book online. It's super easy to book online, or you can call them. Usually, when I book online, it books about a week to two weeks out. Um, I've heard that if you call the phone number, they'll be there within two days. But I actually, it's one of the reasons it's working is it gives me a deadline of like a week to 10 days out. And so I kind of know it's coming. I put it on my calendar with like a pop up reminder that morning to put this stuff on the driveway. But they, the reason I like them, it's easy to book, number one, and they're very reliable. They've never, I've had trouble with that in the past. They're, they never miss a pickup. They'll call you on the day of to remind you if you want. And they also don't do the thing that. I've had happen where they leave half the stuff that you put out there on the driveway because it's somehow not eligible. Like we don't take small electronics or we don't take, they take almost everything. Um, And so I'm always like, I always peek out there. I'm like, please take it all. Please take it all. And you know, I'm pretty careful. I don't put garbage out there or anything, but I'm always afraid they're just going to decide something's not worthy. And then you're left with a bag on your driveway and something else to do with it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So one bag of the stuff that someone really doesn't want. So then you're like, okay, is this trash? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like (laughs) almost back to square one because you have to find something to do with that. So that has worked really well. And I really like that. I also like when you book on their site, um, there's a choice for how many bags or boxes do you need picked up? And it's like one to three. And the next option is four to 15. And I always choose four to 15 because I think, well, I can easily have four bags or boxes of stuff to give away, but I could have up to 15 as many as 15 that's as exciting. I wanted and what a so, challenge it is and sometimes <laughs> I'll text my neighbors and be like hey I only have like four or five boxes but they'll they'll pick up up to 15 so bring your stuff so anyway that's a big shout out to um pickupplease.org and if you have it in your area I highly recommend so one thing about that I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is the same organization that here will mail out these yellow mm-hmm. like these like little yellow flyers and they have certain days they come around and pick up does this ring any kind of a bell so we get like these cards in the mail so the yellow cards that we get are not Vietnam veterans for America but okay. I know the yellow cards we used to get them in Arizona it's some kind of other yeah volunteers of America okay. I think is what it's called and those are the ones I had trouble with oh you had trouble with those okay so I've used them before but because they're coming through I kind of feel like it's just a gimme mm-hmm. like 
They're coming anyway, so I might as well put this stuff out. And then if they don't take it, I'll throw it in the back of my car. But I know some of these places will also pick up big stuff. Mm-hmm. Will the Vietnam Vets for America do that? Like if you have a dresser. They will do. Yeah, I think if if I think they have one guy on their truck. So um, okay. they will take small furniture and small appliances. And I have put, um, I'm trying to think of furniture. I'm not sure I've put something as big as a dresser, but I've definitely put small side tables and stuff and they'll take it. So I think if you picture like, could one person without a huge dolly they might even have a dolly um yeah if one person could move it i think they'll take it so they will okay. take yeah furniture and sometimes i think if you if they know it's going to be bigger they like will account for that yeah and i don't know about this one particular but like they'll you can get some people to come because sometimes if you have something big that you haven't used for a while you're like what do i do with this yeah yeah you know? and it takes up so, so much space yeah um okay so real quickly another reason how it's like functionally working in my house is i have a small laundry basket in each of the kids rooms that's for anything that's outgrown or even stained or gross and i don't discriminate and the kids don't the kids know to put stuff in there or i will put stuff in there and when it goes in there it, we don't discriminate of like, this is actually garbage. This will go to Goodwill. Yeah. This might go to the neighbor down the street. It all goes in. And then in that kind of week before my pickup, I go through. And at that point, I do separate a few things out. Like we have a little boy down the street that gets a lot of read stuff. And so I'll separate that out. And I sometimes save things for my nieces. But otherwise, um, it goes into big black garbage bags. And I will also sneak around the house and put toys into the big black <laughs> black garbage bags willy nilly. It depends on who's looking and how closely they're watching. So I just kind of go around and it it feels like it's working because it's happening often enough that it doesn't feel like that big a deal. And I I always know we just did a big one like a week ago. And after they picked it up, I thought, oh gosh, there's more I could have done. But I'm like, I could do it again in two weeks. Like it's just feels like not that big a deal where it used to feel like something that was a really big deal. Yeah. I love that. And uh, just a nod to the whole specific kind of trash bag because <laughs> I have had experiences before where I, my system was black for a long time. And then one day I ran out. So I used like regular white trash bags yeah. and some things that were not supposed to be trash became, became trash. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's good it, to know at a glance. You, yes. Well, <laughs> yes, that, and also kids will see through the white ones and see that you're giving away their <gasps> and precious see their toys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> the big black ones, they're not even going to bother with. They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they know they're not getting it back. And it's funny how they don't notice. Like, I always no. loved that. The fact that when I threw a, a toy that I knew nobody was playing with, no one ever came and asked me for that toy back. Like ever. So no. And, and um, there's some yeah. little thrill, like a weird motherhood thrill involved mm-hmm. in throwing away your kids toys and having them not <laughs> notice that terrible. We're so sick. It's so <laughs> sick. All right. So my next one is budgeting. And um, we did a whole episode about personal finance a few months ago. How long was that? Like three months ago? I think it was maybe like two months ago. We'll link it up in the show notes. Yeah. And we did it. It was a two part. So you talked about your own kind of family budget and then we interviewed Natalie Taylor, who was great. So if you guys missed those, we'll link them up. So at the time I had been making a bunch of changes to my, the way we spent money, but what I hadn't really settled on yet was a way to keep it all organized. Um, I had just been using an Excel sheet that was very simple, but what I realized is that the Excel sheet it doesn't kind of keep up with reality. So yeah. like I would have my plan set in, the, in Excel. I could go through and kind of compare it to what I was spending sort of, but it was, it became very difficult. And so I tried a couple different ones. We got a lot of suggestions um, from listeners to try. You need a budget. And I actually, that had been on my radar forever. That was a big, like back in my mom parenting forum days, um, like in the early 2000s, everybody was all over they call it YNAB, okay. you need a budget. And so I knew about it and I tried it for a month. I tried a trial of it and I just couldn't, like I something about it. It was, 
a little nerdier than I needed or something. Like it's truly for people who are, first of all, trying to budget like a month ahead. So like the, I think the whole idea is you're supposed to get like a month's cushion okay. so that you're spending next month's money hmm. or sorry. Yeah. Or last month's money. Well, whatever right. you're doing, you have like a month, you have like a month of, of income to kind of deal with. And like, so to get to that point, I felt like I just couldn't quite understand. It. I know people love it. It just ended up being for me like too many. It just didn't click. You know, sometimes things click with certain people. They don't click with others. Yep. That's how I felt about you need a budget. So I settled on every dollar, which is like a much simpler version of a zero based budget, which is just means like at the beginning of the month, you have X number of dollars, you know, are going to come and your goal is to spend and I'm putting spend in quotes, um, all of those dollars and some are spent into savings right. or some are spent into long-term, you know, investment or whatever it is, but like you're trying to spend every dollar, mm -hmm. but not more than that. And it's a Dave Ramsey thing, but you don't have to be like doing a Dave Ramsey thing. It mm -hmm. totally, it's not like an ad or it's not branded that way. Um, it's just very simple. I open it up. I look at, and I, I linked, I just paid the extra money to link it to my bank account. And I look over to the right and I see what I spent and I drag it into the category. And if I need to update any categories, it's very simple to do. I also like um, some budgeting software that I've used makes a distinction between which bank account you're pulling. So I have three bank accounts that are all in one bank. And it's like my business account, my personal account, and then my savings account. And so I don't want to have to be doing the mental math of like, which account did this come out of when I'm budgeting? To me, that's like a separate thing. Like mm -hmm. that's in the planning. I don't want to have to think about that when I'm reconciling. So this just allows me to simply reconcile just to make sure I'm spending the amount of money that I said I was going to spend. That's it. It doesn't worry about which account it's coming out of. And then later I go back and go, oh, okay, did I, you know, and usually if it's, if it's something, as long as I'm using the correct card for the correct kind of purchases and I have all my direct um, pay set up with the right account. This shouldn't be a problem. Right. So adding that extra amount of granularity in some software to me, just, I don't know, uh, it just made it more confusing. So the other part of my, why it's working is I check it every day and I reconcile every day, which usually means I'm doing like one transaction a day, but it's just a good habit. I do it at the end of the night. It takes me five minutes. Um, it, it's a, at a glance way for me to see everything. Mm -hmm. um, it's got all my credit card accounts and everything in there too. So I can kind of see what my balances are and things like that. I just find that for me, anything that is passive, I lose interest. Mm -hmm. So if it's like a set it or, and forget it kind of system, truly, I will just never think to check it. Or like I get bored by not being able to do something. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like moving money around. Like I will create a budget line item for something I'm saving toward. And then I'm just like paying into it, even though the money in the account side is just going in my savings account. In my mind, it's going into a completely different place. And the app allows me to feel like that's happening, even though it's not really happening in real life. Does that make any sense what I just said? Yeah, it makes total <laughs> sense. And I okay. can see why, how satisfying. I actually really kind of am interested in this now. I felt a little disconnected to our everyday budget for a little while now. So I'm very interested. Um, I assume you do this on desktop. It, do you call it an app? Is it like uh, just functionally, do you log in at a website? Do they also have a mobile app? There is a mobile app and I use both. I like, I mean, I'm a desktop oriented person. Right. So I like that when I'm on my desktop, I can see like the whole big screen and I can see all my transactions on the right and I can see yeah. it, the categories on the left, but like it totally works on my phone. If I don't have time to get, pull out my computer, or I don't feel like it. I, I can, I would not have set it all up on my phone, but I'm happy to do the reconciling. 
yeah. on my phone. Well, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I, I would prefer to be looking mm-hmm. at a computer screen, but if something also works on mobile, it's kind of a bonus because right. that's the kind of thing you could do like while you're waiting in line somewhere or something. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Every dollar. Every dollar. Yep. All right. So my, the next thing that's working well is we're, we're probably going to file this one also under kids get older, but it's still a <laughs> major, do. it's still a major win. And that is kids putting their own laundry away. And in our past episodes, we have done episodes about laundry and I'm sure I've mentioned this. It's just something I felt like my kids were very capable of, but I wasn't, I was the, I was the um, backlog. What do you call that? Like the, when the funnel is bottleneck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bottleneck. Um, because I was always so behind in my folding and I would just be, I fold laundry on my bed, like our big master bed. I kind of toss it into these zones and I'll fold, you know, my clothes over here and the kids clothes over there. But often the end of the night, it was time for me to go to bed. My bed was still covered with laundry and I was just sliding (laughs) everything back into a pile, getting it out the next day. And it never got to the point where I was having the kids put away their own stuff. I never, I I don't have enough laundry baskets and I don't really like the idea of having a whole bunch of moving laundry baskets all over the house. I feel like that would confuse my brain and the kids would just be putting dirty stuff on the clean. Uh Yeah. Uh, I I live that. Right. So I know a lot of people, what they would do is they'd fold their kids clothes, put them in that kid's laundry basket and give it to that kid or put it in their room. And for a variety of reasons, I just never did that. Um, so what finally worked, um, is that we have this long bench. It's actually part of our dining set. So it it would go along the long side of a dining room table and it's a pretty wooden bench. And we ultimately got it out of the dining room. Our dining room's kind of narrow. And I thought, well, there's a perfect spot for this upstairs along the long wall. We don't have our upstairs is not very big. There's not like a long corridor. It's just like you, you go up there and then there's bedrooms kind of all around this landing, but the bench fits perfectly along the long wall. It's right outside my bedroom. And then that area just, you know, feeds off into the kids' room. So what I've started doing is I still fold the kids' clothes, and then I line them up on the bench. Allegra kind of gets the spot on the far left, and then Reed, and then Violet. And every day, their job is to clear the bench. And it's just a really simple instruction because on some days there's no clothes on the bench on some days there's a lot of clothes on the bench and on some days there's a couple things but every day they clear the bench and the reason it's worked is it doesn't require me to be I don't have to be super organized about the when I do the laundry or when I do the folding that was the problem before it was like the kids were capable but I never had a way to call them to me and say okay now now is the time where you put away your clothes and so the bench is kind of this purgatory but every day they have to clear it and they know how to put away their own clothes. They can even hang up their hanging stuff. Um, During the school year, I kind of got this system like this spring. And during the school year, I was doing them the favor of hanging up their school uniforms, the things that get hung, mostly because I don't want them wearing wrinkled school uniforms to school. So it was more about me. Um, But this summer, anything that gets hung up, they have done the hanging up themselves and they've done well. So I'll probably have them do their uniforms as well. So yeah, big change. That is a big change. And I, I totally agree with like, I have started to default to handing the older kids a basket with their clothes in it. And I almost always regret it Yeah, (laughs) because no good can come of folded clothes in a laundry basket being handed to a teenager. Like they, they will not put them away in a timely manner and they will throw other clothes on top and then mom will lose her mind. Um, I have a question for you and this is totally aside. How often would you say you iron? Never. I lost my iron. Um, I don't currently. (laughs) 
So um, we, the only you lost thing, your iron. I, so I love it. Isn't that a weird thing? How do you lose an iron? How do you lose an iron? So you know the fuse beads that kids play with? Those little perler beads. You put them on yeah. the plastic tray and then you iron it and they melt all together. So that was the only thing we were using our iron for for like two years. And the kids got out the fuse beads a couple months ago and they, they made all these pretty little designs and they were like, okay, we're ready for you to iron them. And we cannot find the iron the only thing I can think of is I loaned it to a neighbor that's a possibility because most of my neighbors I don't think iron very often either maybe someone's broke that's that's something I would do is loan it to a neighbor or would I have taken it like to my parents house why would I do that would I have taken it to a hotel that doesn't make sense did you accidentally give it away to the Vietnam (laughs) veterans of America did it maybe it broke and it's also possible like it broke I threw it away and forgot the entire incident I mean how do you lose an iron okay how uh, how often do you iron well so when it says I lived in this house for a year I have not ironed since I've lived in this house because once I moved I have an iron somewhere but when we moved in I remember thinking oh there's like no room for an ironing board in fact, when I moved from the old house, I looked at the ironing board and thought, well, I'm not taking this with me because there's no place to put it in this new house. So I got rid of it. I think I threw it in the, we had a huge um, uh, dumpster and yeah. I was like, I was having so much fun throwing stuff in that dumpster. It was the best feeling. <laughs> but anyway, I don't think I brought one. So I don't iron and 97% of the time that's just fine. But I have like these three shirts hanging in my closet that got wrinkly in the dryer. And I keep looking at them and thinking, I would really like to wear that shirt. So and then I just don't. So I probably should just take it to the dry cleaner. That's and have what it I do. And because my because Brian goes to the dry cleaner regularly. Speaking of systems that work, like the dry cleaner is a built-in part of our system. Sometimes yeah. he takes it. Sometimes I do. But we always have because he wears suits every day. So we always have. Um, so that's what I would do in that case. And that has happened to me. And I'm like, well, it's worth the three dollars just to send it and. It'll come I get, I I agree, and I'm terrible at ironing. Like yeah. I have never been able to iron something without adding more wrinkles. Yeah. But now the wrinkles are just set. Yeah. <laughs> they're more they're they're more distinct and long lasting wrinkles now because I have actually <laughs> ironed them in to the clothing. So. Oh, <sighs> all right. Well, okay. The laundry bench is working, but clearly ironing is not in either of our. Well, houses. you don't need to see. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes a system that works is the system you don't need. Like. Yeah. is rejecting a system you don't need. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be back with more stuff that works. All right. So we know that our little ones love to watch videos on a phone or a tablet and that sometimes that's just what you need to get through the day you're having. But if you don't feel so great about algorithm-based video platforms like YouTube Kids, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Hopster. Hopster is a subscription app for kids two to six where kids can access high quality shows, learning games, fun music, and more. Even preschool age kids can navigate around without needing help and they'll never see any ads or in-app purchases. I love that this content is handpicked by Hopster's content team and it's both fun and wholesome. So experts have already weeded out the junk so that you don't have to. It's beautifully designed. The images and the navigation, they just seem to be more soothing and logical, not kind of all over the place and jumpy like some kids apps are designed to be. So we have arranged for you guys to try Hopster for an entire month for free. Normally their free trial is just seven days. So this is a really good deal. You're going to head to hopster.tv slash register and enter the voucher code the mom hour to get that extended one month free trial. Again, it's hopster, H-O-P-S-T-E-R dot TV slash register and enter the voucher code the mom hour to get an extended one month free trial. 
You know, Megan, switching to a more natural deodorant has been on my to-do list for an embarrassingly long time, and it's just been kind of overwhelming to make a change. I am a creature of habit. But our sponsor, Native, made me realize this is a totally achievable way to bring a more natural product into my daily routine. They've got great scents to choose from, and I tried cucumber and mint. It feels great going on, and the scent is just the right amount. It's not overpowering, but it's really fresh and clean. People love native deodorant, and it's because it works. It's made from simple ingredients that you've heard of, and it doesn't have parabens, aluminum, or talc. If you try it and fall in love and want to switch for good, they've got subscribe and save options, which I love, and you can save 17% and have your product delivered to your door every couple of months, so that's great. I love that. That's so convenient. And I also love native. I love the way they smell. I have the lavender and rose scent, and I've been so impressed how well it works. Even during that crazy yoga challenge I was doing where I was going to multiple classes a day, I like liked the way my armpits smelled. If that's not a vote of confidence, I don't know what is. <laughs> so if you guys are like me and you need a little nudge to do something good for yourself in your daily routine, this is it. We're going to give you 20% off your first purchase when you go to nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code THEMOMHOUR at checkout. Again, you're going to save 20% off your first purchase of Native Deodorant. You're going to go to nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code THEMOMHOUR at checkout. Okay. So moving on to another thing that has been working in my house. And I would say this one's been working for a year. And I would say, but particularly lately, I feel like I've gotten it really tuned in and dialed in. Um, and the reason it's working is I'm relying on the easiest and most technology heavy way to do that. And that is grocery shopping. Okay. Um, I still use shipped the shopping delivery service that I was talking about, um, I believe actually on that same, the budgeting episode, I talked about it. And at the time I talked about ditching it yeah, and switching to shopping at Aldi weekly to save money. Um, I have now shopped at Aldi a few times since then, but what I keep finding is I love Aldi. I love it, but I have so many irons in the fire right now and switching back and forth between this system I had, which was literally sit down on a Friday night, look at the app, see what my last order was, what's on sale in the meat, like the meat and produce, bop, 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 do it and be done in like 10 minutes. I just couldn't convince myself to regularly spend an hour plus shopping. Yeah. Like, you know, and not only that, but then the system is different and the store is different and the products are different. And I'm trying to get used to that. And I wouldn't bring home the right amount of things or I'd bring home, um, I'd bring home too much of one thing and not enough of another. One thing I was using it for was um, school snacks. Mm -hmm. So I'd go in like once, you know, like once every couple of weeks, just totally load up on school snacks. And that did save me some money. But now that we don't need to worry about that for summer, I am definitely back to just every week using shipped. And this is the thing, like sometimes these systems change and flow and you try something new and it works for a little while. And then you realize like, well, that isn't working right now. So yeah. I need to just kind of put that aside. So I realized that when I was using shipped regularly, I wasn't overspending my grocery budget and it was super reliable. Like I knew exactly what I was going to get and when, and I could do it from anywhere. So for example, I can grocery shop and putting that in quotation marks days in advance. So I can shop on Wednesday when I have time and have a delivered Friday or Saturday I can do it while I'm, I'm, while I'm traveling. I think I've been with you. I've been with yeah. you and you're like, oh, I'm just going to order some groceries to be delivered for, and, and you have two, you know, two young adults who could be at the right. house on their own and you're shopping yeah. for your family while you're in another state. Yes. So I have done it a couple of times where I've been like out of town and I will check with Jacob and Isaac to see if either one of them is at the house. Will you be there at six o'clock? Yeah. I'm going to have groceries delivered. I get home a day later and all the groceries are put away. I mean, like, yeah. The feeling of that 
is worth a lot to mm-hmm. me. Um, I don't need to worry about busy times of day because I would always get a wild hair to go shopping like at five o'clock on Friday. But like, no, that's not a good idea. Um, And then I do comparison shop, price check on the fly. And I just, the way it's working is I'm kind of in that routine where I'm building really similar meals. Like we're repeating a lot of the same basic meal plans. I kind of go, I have like three that I kind of cycle through. And then when it's a HelloFresh week, we all rejoice because we get, mm-hmm. you know, a break from it. And then I go back to it. And another nice thing is that because um, it's summer, well, I always have my kids through midday afternoon on Wednesday. But in the school year, that means they get picked up right after school. Mm-hmm. I might see them for 20 minutes, but like I don't spend time together. But one nice thing now is that we get one, we get to eat one more meal out mm-hmm. of the week. And so we do like a big brunch with whatever's kind of left over from the week's meals. So I always have eggs left over. Um, I often have some kind of meat left over, like something like that. And I kind of put together like a brunchy thing on Wednesdays. So it's just right now, it's just working really well because the kids are around me constantly. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that I have a lot to squeeze into what feels like not a lot of time. And maybe in the fall, I'll go back to experimenting with going to Aldi for certain things. And Mm -hmm. But like I'm just settling into what works right now. And this is working right now. That is that is the whole theme of this episode. Right. What works right now. <laughs> I have still yet to get into online grocery delivery. I dabbled a little bit in Amazon Fresh recently, um, more to replace kind of my monthly Costco. It was mm. I did get a few refrigerated items, but it was mostly kind of toilet paper, paper towels, like stuff I might even get on Amazon anyway. So it didn't feel like real grocery delivery, but yeah. I, I'm still, I'm intrigued. I know it's so convenient. It's just grocery shopping is one of those things you're so ingrained in your habits. It feels intimidating to change. So it, it does. And the funny thing is now, like now that I've been doing this for the better part of a year, the idea of going to a mega store like Costco and pushing around a cart to me feels so foreign and weird. Like it's really unappealing. <laughs> I can understand <laughs> like, that. Really well, unappealing. I, yeah. I mean, I, I have been the last two years been trying to like get myself out of Costco because I it's so miserable going. But Brian still likes to go and I still like the things that I get there. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so this is something that is working for us and it is a big kitchen whiteboard, a dry erase board. Um, and it is uh, kind of in our Eden kitchen area. It's big. I looked up the dimensions. It's like two feet wide and like three feet tall. I have it um, like portrait orientation. So tall. Um, And we use it as a, it's, it's used slightly differently. It's not that the system is, I write the same thing on it every day. I kind of play around with what we write on it, but it's a command center basically. And one of the biggest reasons it works well is because everyone can read. So if you have like three tiny kids, there's not as much point in putting the schedule or the calendar or what are the to-do list on a whiteboard because it, you know, if only you and your partner can read it. Yes. Yeah. So I have two very fluent readers and one emerging reader. Um, And so that's a big reason why it works. What, what the way I've been using it for the summer, I've actually most days been writing just one day's worth of stuff on there. And I just find it has kept the kids kind of grounded in what's happening. And the main things I would write is if I have any recording or conference calls or times that are like totally work protected, those would go on there. And then what the kids will be doing if they have a babysitter or they're going to be on their own. Um, any activities that we have, I, some of our activities have continued over the summer and I find it's so you get disoriented in the summer. Like what day is it? Okay. It's Tuesday. What time do we have Taekwondo on Tuesday? It's just, even for my schedule oriented brain, I have to think about it yeah. more. So that goes up there. Um, there's usually like a little corner of the whiteboard that we kind of write smaller what the meal plan would be for the week so they know what's coming up. Um, 
I have a little, another little corner where I kind of just did a quick and dirty checklist of their daily jobs. Like it's not a chore chart. It's literally like get yourself dressed, eat breakfast, clear the bench, as I mentioned in the laundry section. Um, and then, and then this changes. So over the weekend, we might erase the whole thing and it might become more of like a home projects checklist for the weekend. Um, during the school year, I was more likely to put a whole week's worth of stuff up there because the school year is so regular. You don't have to write that you're going to school from eight to three every day. So during the school year, it was more like, here's the week at a glance. And so the system isn't what I write on the board. It's the fact that it exists and my kids can read it. And we've started to use it as sort of a, like, this is the place to, to look, this is your need to know information. Um, and sometimes they'll go up there and they'll, they'll decorate it a little. They're like, Violet yeah. will draw some pictures on the bottom. Um, so I love it. I'm going to link it up in the show notes. Cause the whiteboard itself, I really like, um, it's very simple. It has a black wooden frame. So it looks a little nicer than like a the old metal frame. Yeah, with the metal frame. Um, yeah. The pen works really well. It came with a fat black pen. And then I bought um, a package of skinny colored dry erase markers. And the whole board is magnetic. And I bought this cute, um, though all the brand, it's called U Brand, and it's at Target. And the um, there's a little pen basket that magnets to the whiteboard. So we're not losing pens. And the pens all have an eraser attached to the back of them. So like everything that you would need to write on it or erase it is right there. So it's been working well. I love that. And I want to mention um, that I also have a, a, a whiteboard in my fridge or on my fridge that I got when, um, when John and I separated. So like two and a half years ago and I got it. It just has like, it's really simple. It's small. And it has the days of the week and like a little place for notes underneath it. And I really only got it so that the kids could l- glance at it and see which day they were with me and which day they were with John, because mm-hmm. it goes one of the days every week switches. And it's so funny all these years later, I kind of assumed they weren't looking at it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like no one, it's so predictable now. There's really, sometimes I'll put a meal plan on there, but most of the time, like that's even really predictable. So I don't bother. But every time I forget to update with the dates, I'll have some kid be like, oh, so what's the schedule this week? It's like, they know, but like something, they really have gotten it. They really do look at it. I think when they just got attached to walking through and glancing at it on the fridge and I mean, now it's summer, so no one knows what day it is anyway. So like that, it, it's less <laughs> useful <laughs> for them. I've literally had the kids go, what, what yeah. day is it? Yeah. Um, but they but they really do kind of rely on that like continuity. Yeah. So even though maybe it's not important to me anymore because it's in my calendar and I don't it's in my head, it's in my calendar. I don't need it. It is useful and it, valuable. To it's do. a touch. It's a touch point, And it's something that everybody can see. And I was going to mm-hmm. add, if you do have kids who aren't reading yet, I think there's other other little ways you could get clever. I mean, I've like for Violet drawn little pictures or made little check boxes and kids love to be able to participate in something like this, even if they're not really reading the words yet. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I waited a long time to like have something like this and it's worked really well. So before we I know we're going to jump now into things that aren't working. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's like really important for us to like acknowledge that like for me, almost none of these things worked when my kids were really little. Yeah. Almost none. I mean, for, for a while, like when Clara was a toddler and all the other kids were in school, we had a nice little grocery routine where it was like our mom and mom and Clara day and we would go together and, um, and actually putting laundry away for me worked pretty well when my kids were little because I just did it Yeah, because <laughs> they were too little. But like really so many of these things, like keeping your, keeping up with used items when your kids are outgrowing clothes oh. at a massive rate or toys at a massive rate or getting to the library when it's a pain just to get out the door. I mean, all those things, like they're so 
age and stage specific. So I hope when people are listening, if they're feeling like every single thing we just named off is a hot mess, that you're, you're right where you're supposed that. to be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We exactly. too. We too. And there's probably systems for that stage of life, like washing bottles and sippy cup straws and yep. like having your having the right tools for stroller outings. There there are systems that you guys are encountering that you probably do feel like, okay, this is good. Like I got this right. down right now. And then that'll change. It's probably that yep. the phases change more quickly. And so you you barely get time to enjoy the things that are working before something yeah. else is a hot mess. Yeah. So. You can't pat yourself on the back no. <laughs> that long for like the bottles. And then the baby's outgrowing of the bottles and you're moving on to something else. Then you're moving on to sippy cups. And let me tell you, you will never get a system down for sippy cups. No, if you do, I want to hear about it. You'll still be finding straws, you know, in 10 years. <laughs> yep. And look, the valves. Yes. And yeah. you ever make that mistake where you're like, well, maybe it doesn't need the valve this one time it always needs the valve all right <laughs> so are we going to talk about the two things that we need help yeah with? so we each picked one and these are hot mess areas or just things that need an update a system refresh so why don't you go first yeah okay well for me um strangely enough it is physical exercise um uh, you guys have listened for a while might remember that I did like a crazy yoga challenge back in January and February where I did 60 yoga classes. And then I transitioned pretty quickly from that when as soon as I kept doing lots of yoga into March, but as soon as the weather was reasonable, I started walking my dog like four to five miles a day. That's a lot, by the way. Four to five miles is a lot. It's a lot. And I remember making a comment on the show at one point that like that was my rock. Like when you talk about the big rocks that mm-hmm. go in the jar first, like I decided to make exercise the number one, like I made sure when I woke up in the morning because Michigan Springs are very unpredictable. So I would look at my weather app and go, when will I have an hour where it's not pouring down rain? Or when will I have an hour that it's going to be a little, there'll be a little bit of sun out, whatever it is. So I did that and I was really like really loyal to myself about it. Um, And my dog, I really started to feel guilty. Like the one or two days I missed, I think I missed two days total in two months. Wow. And the two days I missed, I felt terrible. Like I would go to like, let the dog out and she'd be all excited (laughs) and wagging her tail and like jumping up and down. I was like, no, no, you're just going out. We're not going anywhere. So it worked really, really well. Well, then it got hot and she's an old dog, not that old, but she's not a spring pup. Mm -hmm. And she makes it about two miles before she wants to lay in someone's yard for a really long time. And it got hot for me and I don't want to be out in the middle of the day anymore walking. So it either has to be first thing in the morning or late at night and it's just fallen apart. And so has a yoga schedule because I was, I was um, directing that play and yoga like is so specific to the schedule that they have the classes that I like. Right. right. So I basically, I'm still walking a couple miles most days with the dog. So I'm not like completely falling off, but now that I've, I just, it doesn't feel like enough Mm -hmm. and I want to get back, but I also can't spend an hour and a half walking every day. That's too much. And I can't, I can't give up, you know, seven hours of my life every week, plus 15 minutes on either side or more for getting there and back and stuff like that for yoga. So I'm just trying to figure out like what my thing is going to be, like what is going to be my next plan. I think it's going to have to involve some weightlifting. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, in my forties now. And I'm just finding that my muscle mass doesn't stick around the way it used to. Like it just, I get flabby really fast. Mm. So, um, and like walking might keep me healthy, but it's not going to cut it as far as keeping me looking the way I want to look. So yeah, maybe we should do when the kids go back to school in a few weeks, when both of our kids are back to school, maybe we should like, I'm just coming up with this on the fly, but I would also like to add some weight 
training. And I, I have a gym membership that I do not go to the gym, which is, mm-hmm. it's not a total waste because Brian goes and we go to the pool. So as a family, we still continue to use it. But I, I think have set foot in the gym for myself once in the last year. Um, Cause I also walk my dog for exercise and I walk the hills, but it's not like, I agree. I'm with you. I wonder if we should like do some kind of like a, like a boot camp, like a weight training program, something that we both did. I don't know. What that do would think? be fun. I would love that. Of course, for me, you know, School doesn't start back up for seven I know. weeks. Yeah, no, that's what, I'm, I'm saying like when we're both fully yeah. in school mode. So but, like, I would, but I would, August is a very open month for me. So I would totally start in August. And I'd like to like, I'd like to just start because I feel like the longer you go, the more you atrophy. Okay. <laughs> you well, slowly start to like just fall apart. And that, and I, the older I get too, the more I notice that when I don't do something, it doesn't take, I like lose the progress I've made so much faster than I used to. Like right. things start to get sore and- we, I mean, Achy. we might be solving this. I have been waking up very stiff lately and I, there's no other reason except impending age. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong. I'm doing everything the same and I just wake up so much more stiff and sore yeah. than I used to. So I'm, um, we are recording this in July, but this episode is airing, I think August 6th and my kids go back to school August 15th. So Megan, we've, right. we've got our work cut out for us, but Me I will too. start something with you anytime after August 15th. All right. I'm in. All right. Okay. So my hot mess situation has been a hot mess for a really long time. And that's probably because I don't have really the desire to fix it, but maybe, maybe that will come. And that is my little desk. It's just a little tiny desk. That's part of the kitchen counter really. Um, And any paper filing resulting from said desk activities. So here's the problem with paper. 90% of my life is digital. And you guys know I am the most organized with email and calendar and the things that happen on my computer are, that's not a problem for me organizationally. It makes sense in my brain. I, my Google Docs are organized. My photos are organized. It's the physical paper and the things that come in the mail. So just for context, when the mail comes in, I'm good about putting the recycle, like all the junk goes in the recycle. So I'm not, I don't have piles of junk mail, but then mostly it's things like, oh gosh, like our HOA paper statement, um, like our homeowners association statement or um, maybe a credit card statement. Most things are paperless. So it's not even that much, but it piles up medical. It seems like insurance or medical things are the things that still come paper in the mail. Um, Mm -hmm. so the part that's a hot mess, number one is knowing what to do with those papers, but I've also really gotten quite behind in like even paying paper bills, which is unlike me, but but because I don't have very many, yeah, I've they missed, fall, they're out of yeah, sight, out of they're mind. Out of sight, out of mind. I have been, I've gotten late on like a car registration and had to pay a late fee. Like that's unlike me. Um, and so then, so it's the doing something with it. And then even if I did something with it, like filing those papers, I mean, I just, this is something I used to really pride myself. And it's almost like, it's the type of thing that if I cared more, it would be mm-hmm. fine. And I don't care. And so it's just p- big piles on that desk. I don't even sit at that desk because it's a disaster. Um, and I lose stuff. I lose, I'll lose a, you know, a piece of mail that I need. It's bad. So I need help. So I have to tell you, I'm, you know, in my bedroom and my desk is in my bedroom as well. And I'm looking at it as you're talking. <laughs> can I just tell you the items that are on my desk yes. that I can see with my eyeballs from 10 feet away? There is a box of cat treats. There are dryer <laughs> sheets, deodorant, an empty LaCroix can, an electric kettle, <laughs> that I'm taking camping next week. Um, binoculars, <laughs> lotion, nail polish, and yes, a stack of papers. And so for me, like I've actually gotten really good at filing old papers, like things I don't need to look at 
like things that are just for records, right? Yeah. Like, you know, something that's been dealt with and I just need to put it in a file box. Like I actually have a system for that and it's good. What I don't have a system for and have been very unsuccessful at getting a system for is things that are pending. Like yeah. I just have this stack of like things that like are neither here nor there. They're, I don't really need to do anything with them right now immediately, but I also need to kind of keep them around. Yeah. Because eventually I'm going to have to do something with them. And then that desk also becomes, it's the only flat surface in this bedroom. So it becomes the catch-all yeah. for everything else. So it's just, yeah, it is not good. Maybe we should also do that and have a challenge. We, we need a boot camp. I know we can lift the weight of our paper piles. <laughs> no, um, I do have a small, so filing and filing boxes have been an issue because this I don't have an office in my house. So there's no mm -hmm. filing. I at one point had a desk with file drawers and I don't now. So what I have is a small, very small standing file box on the desk mm -hmm. and it's the, what, the way it's supposed to work is that anything pending would go in there. And then I have like a folder for each of the kids for their schoolwork throughout the year that later that goes in their big their big storage. But like during the year, it would just pop in there. I just don't keep up with it. I don't follow yeah. my own system. And so the pile, the pending pile gets big and overwhelming. Um, when Do you find that if you actually sit at your desk for like a certain amount of time a day, it just naturally keeps itself up? Because I find that the more that I use a space, the more, I guess, motivated I am to keep it functional and the more I avoid it, the less. So that is a great tip. And one simple roadblock that is fixable is the chair at that desk is really uncomfortable. So one of the reasons uh, I don't sit there is the chair is uncomfortable. And then because I don't sit there, I let the desk pile up. So that could be one thing is just a, a more comfortable chair. Um, the other thing that um, occurred to me as I was thinking about this is we get a lot of listener email and at various times have gotten very behind in that area. And a few months ago, I just put a standing calendar item on my, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh, but every Sunday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., which is like the weirdest time, but I wake up early. I answer listener mail. And now I like almost look forward to it. It makes mm -hmm. me happy. We still sometimes if I'm gone for a week, like we'll get, we'll still get behind, but I know that time is there. So I almost feel like that using, using that as a model, if I had 45 minutes a week, that was for desk filing and paper bills. Um, if something's on my calendar, I'm, I'm likely to stick to it. That's just how I am. So I think yeah. that would be another tip I would try. So a comfortable chair and then a built-in um, time on the calendar. Because I think what it is, is it feels less important than work or other kind of catch up on my computer. My computer is a is a bigger draw for me than a pile of papers. It just is. Yeah. So um, I think a standing appointment on my calendar might help a little bit too. Just prioritize it. I think it, it would. And the other thing is, I bet you, you'd find you don't need 45 full minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like once you've done it twice, I think it probably is a 10 minute job. Right. But, yeah. yeah. And then, like you said, I'd be more motivated to keep up with it on the regular and would never need it right now. It's like every three months for two hours and it's horrible. Right. It's like, it's like punishment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, well, why yeah. do we end on that note? We should have ended with all the things we were good at. I know we are. We're so good at laundry and donating. Um, well, we always love to hear from you guys. Tell us what's working in your homes. Um, or if you have more questions about our systems that are working, you can shoot us an email. Hello at themomhour.com. Um, happy August, everybody. This happy August. Time is flying by this summer. Um, and Megan, this was fun. We'll talk to everybody soon. Bye.